All right. Says we should be going live shortly. Hopefully it all works. Says we're live. Says we're live. Says we're live. Says we're live. What's going on, everyone? It is August 2nd. We are past the deadline. We are past the big brawl. We've got a lot to talk about. Let's talk about the trades that were made, trades that weren't made, and the games that were played. Let's talk some baseball. Talking baseball. Talking baseball. Welcome back to the show. Every Monday, every Friday, myself, my co-host, best friend, Jake, can talk about the games that were, the series that were, the standings that shuffled, and the brawl. Got to talk about the brawl, Jake. A lot of shuffling on this show. How you, how you doing, at John Boy? Yeah, I went back to the standing shuffle thing to see if I delivered it in a way you understood this time. Yeah, that time you said the right words. That was a big thing. But how are you doing? I'm good. Doing well. Busy. Busy day in the city yesterday in New York City. New York City. New York City. No baseball yesterday for Yankee fans, so, like, got to take advantage of the off days. Yeah. Now, we got, now, now you and I uh, work at the Yankee games. We got four games in the next three days. So. Doubleheader, Sox, Sox. They had, they had a tough week. We're going to talk about them a little bit. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's funny you and I stumbling into this world. We were like, yeah, to, to start the year, we were like, oh, off days, we're going to have to take them fully off because off days are few and far between. And then off days became like our biggest work days to catch up on stuff. And now here we are and we, we kind of found ourselves hanging on a shred. So, yeah, I think uh, I think we're, we're doing all right. Big weekend coming up for us. Uh, it was a big week for baseball, man. Um, trade deadline. I, you and I are obviously going to talk about that at nauseum. Is that what people want to hear? No, it's not um, at nauseum. It's ad nauseum. It's one. It's a. It's a D. No, that's my Twitter. That's my new Twitter handle. I'm running. Oh, it's at, when, yeah. It. When it. when someone's doing that. So, uh, but yeah, I think I think it was good for baseball. There's a lot of good stuff. Couple good series. Couple couple. Couple fun players to talk about, so I'm, I'm excited. I thought you were going to say there was no baseball yesterday at first, and I was like, whoa. Um, but yeah, I no, think there was some uh, baseball. There was some baseball. There was some good baseball, and there were some yeah, suspensions announced. Suspensions came out. That brawl was nuts. I'm, I'm sure that might get brought up on who got mad. Who got mad? Jimmy, who's uh, who's bringing us this episode? Tons of people. Tons of people. The the talking baseball gang is growing. Yeah, dude. I I'm done. I said I think last episode I'm done sucking up to them. I'm not. We're almost up to 300 reviews. Uh, I got people tagging Adam Duvall uh, on my Twitter feed, so you might hear about him later. So yeah, thanks everyone. Thanks everyone. These are our most recent sponsors, uh, most recent patrons and sponsors of this episode. I'm going to go down the list, and uh, I'm going to go faster than I usually have to because there's a lot of people, so I thank you very much. Raymond Sveck. Oh, love that. Bat and leadoff, Raymond Sveck. Yep. Austin Brown, solid name there. Peyton Boston. Wow. Peyton Boston. Wonder if that's his real last name or he's just, you know, that's his moniker. Ulysses Morales. All day. Yeah. Rich George. Oh, what's up, Rich? We know Rich. Good yep. friend from Talking Yanks. Amit Shah. Yep. Amit. I think I got it right on my first time. You're right. Amit Shah. Ben Packer. Nailed that yep. name. Nailed that name. Luke Bruno. 
I went no T. You see that? I did see that. I assume that's how it said. Otherwise, it's Brunat. Yeah, okay. Alec Arroyo. Arroyo. Matthew Fastnatch. Ben Meltzer. Jonathan Wenner. I think that's Wiener. Wenner, Wiener. You, you could pronounce that a couple different names. There is an H in there for everyone looking to stalk Jonathan. Kim Schmidt. Yeah. Unbreakable. They're alive, that damn it. I never... I never really watched that. Oh, you'd love one character from it. So the first couple okay. episodes, like the the world is too bizarre, and you're like, this show sucks. It's too okay. weird. And then once it hits you, and you're like, oh, okay, it's just I accept this weird world. Yeah. You'd love uh, Titus. Okay, I think you is like it, it. Isn't Durs in that show from Workaholics? Am I might mixing be in, shows now? I think you're mixing shows up. He might be in later seasons. That's the that's the Mindy Kaling show. That's the Mindy okay. Kaling show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Kimmy Schmidt. William Reichman, Matt McMahon, yeah. Stephen DeSouza. Yeah. Ryan Kostianek. Kosti, Kostianek. Kostianek. I'm going Kostianek. There's no way I'm right. Jack Fellers, Matt Garville. A couple friends. Sure. Jack, Jack Fellers sent me a high school championship game that he wants me to do a breakdown of. And he, mm. the most in detail description of what happened in the game i might have to just because the effort he put through the request matt garville chris breitbarth bright bite birth sounds bite like birth. Uh, be careful with that yeah yeah uk <laughs> come after you thomas heath neil dylan thron gondola love that poppy, poppy massey. massey yep that's a great name poppy massey yeah. garrett bublik dave mcclure Mike McClure's brother. I like Mike McClure, the musician. Daniel Salas, Angela Leaf, Loco Sports, Adam Gorman, Jason Stewart, Greg Lutz, and Jesse Ozog. Yeah, Loco Sports. That's pretty smart. If if you're a company that's trying to get like a free, <laughs> free well, no, two-second no, ad, no, <laughs> just like I, sign up to Patreon. I, uh, I wanted to avoid that, so I went to see if they had like a real name in their email. Right, but the email was also Loco Sports. So hey, I was like, if they okay. sign up on, if they stay on Patreon, yeah, we'll see. I'll give you that one sec. <laughs> All right, so that's those are our Patreon's uh, sponsors. patreoncom slash Media. You'll get shouted out next episode if you join before next episode. Two dollars a month. We actually, since this since July's over, we will have two people that win jerseys from affordablejerseys.com. I'm get, I have to do that soon. Uh, to give out raffles to our patrons. And um, I did like a whole behind the scenes. I edited a breakdown live so people could yep. watch me and I explained like the process and the thought process and all that. So, I, I mean, s- some people like that stuff. Some people don't. I love that stuff. Pat Oswalt doesn't like that stuff. So there you go. Right. So right. There you go. good, good routine there. Uh, and yeah, it, uh, a little, it's a little bit help support us if you're looking for a way to support us and, uh, you will fall into some bonus stuff. Never mind being able to win two jerseys a month. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll get some extra stuff on there and, uh, we thank you. Thank you. All right, let's go right into it, Jake. I'm going to bring you the, I'm going first with the national league report. Could you bring me the national league report? Cause I've been living up to what I've promised the people of not watching every baseball game okay here we go yes 
The Cubs lost two to the Cardinals in a battle for first place, Jake. The Cubbies are now a game back in the division. First time they are not leading division or tied for the lead in a while. These two teams have seven games versus each other, and they all come at the tail end of September. That should be a fun end to the NL Central Division. Speaking of, the Pirates and the Reds squared off for a nice, quiet three-game set in which the Reds won the first and last game. No trades, no brawls, nothing really happened there. The Braves and Nationals hung out together for a while. Nationals beat the Braves in game one. Oh, can something happen here? No, the Braves said not. Nah, we're, we're still better than you. We like our lead in the standings. We're going to keep it. The Braves win the next two games. Phillies and Giants battled off in a wild card race. The Phillies... Won the first game, and then they won the third. Is the Giants' magic wearing off, Jake? We'll talk about it. Dodgers and Rockies met up. Dodgers took two of three from the Rockies. Rockies remain sad. Manny Machado had a reunion with his old buddies as he welcomed the Baltimore Orioles to San Diego. Said, isn't this so much better than Baltimore? Those two teams split a set. Speaking of splits, the D-backs and the Yankees split. The Marlins... Almost got swept by the Twins, but the Twins blew it in the ninth inning. Marlins tie the game, then they win it on a walk-off in the 12th. The Mets swept the White Sox. Some interleague play. Great pitching in this series. A lot of good starting pitching performances in this Mets-White Sox series. Mets have now won seven in a row, Jake. And they have their players pumping out Instagram messages Please believe in us. We believe in us. Will you believe in us? So that's pretty hoiky-doiky loserish. But they winning. They're winning, so that's good. The Brewers and A's, they squared off in Oakland. A's come back to win one, walk off another, beat the Brewers. Those are two teams that are going to be involved in uh, postseason races. And that about, that about ends it. Like I said, the Cardinals, they are now leading that NL Central division. The Dodgers still have a resounding lead in the West. And the Braves, are I think it's uh, pretty solid. I think it's six-game lead in the East. But that fucking Central Division is going to be fun. I'm glad that it exists. Like, we need a division to give us some fun. And that, yeah, that's it. Jim, the uh, the Braves, you're right. We, we've been kind of dancing around it because the Nationals are a sexy team. Phillies, uh, I mean, Bryce Harper's hair. I don't need to talk about that. Uh, but it's seven games on both of them. And basically, believe in the Braves until they give you a reason not to, and they haven't. So the Braves kind of control the East. Uh, Jimmy, your, <laughs> your best team in the National League in their last 10 games, your New York Metropolitans, babe. Seven in a row. That staff's going. I know you said the Instagram post and Brody went to Twitter with the, with the, the iPhone notes. I don't know if you saw that one yet. Um, and it's, I'll tell you what, it, it is hokey, and you're obviously going to take your jabs and already have. Hey, when you're winning, it looks good, though. Uh, oh, and, so, I, and I believe it is I believe it is a part of why they're doing well. Like, they, yeah. they clearly had a team meeting, and, you know, we believe in this team, and we're going to help this team. And, and that goes a long way in sports and in the clubhouse and the mentality. I don't know if it's sustainable. I don't know if they're really going to be able to do any damage in the standings and get to the wild card and all that stuff. I do think the Instagram posts are so hokey. Like, if if a team I'm a fan of, should I, I don't know if I, I want to pull up 
Pete Alonso. So I, I don't, I don't want to open the show just being a grouch, but I'll yeah. just say this. I'd be more embarrassed than enthused if a player on my team begged the fan base to be happy about the team they're supporting. It's just a weird conundrum. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, you also have to. I, I mean, you have to put everything in the blender here. I mean, it's it's Mets Nation. It's and a lot of Mets fans are Jets fans, and you live that Met Jet life where uh, you're just waiting for something to go wrong. Hey, man, you, there's there's one way to break it, and they're <laughs> you have to win, and they're they're trying to do that. They obviously went out and got Stroman. Um, they they've got one of the best rotations in baseball right now, and they're winning. So so good for the Mets if if they think the Instagram posts and rallying the fan base is part of it, that's kind of cool. I mean you you know how Let attached me, uh, we already you know how attached we are to Yankee Twitter and if if they came out with some posts like this, like a lot of people would eat it up. So good for them. Yes, not me. This is was Pete Alonzo's Instagram post. Thank you guys so much for your unwavering support. You guys have been unreal all year. That's not true. Just to let. Mets fans have, I mean that's not true the Mets fans have been the Mets fans are brutal Pete I support you putting out your messages just don't lie to our faces okay the Mets fans have not been unbelievably supportive all year I mean that's no. just that's why he's typing this message is because they have yes. not um, we are in crunch time we've played over two weeks more on the road than at home thus far during <laughs> what this reads like a rookie who's new to baseball during the months of august and september we're going to have a ton more games at home the boys are hot and we've been working our asses off hard work has really been paying off this second half the rest of the season is going to be a really fun wild and memorable ride our goal is to make history we strive every day to be great and nothing less we need you guys the fans more than ever for these last two months together Let's be part of history. It just sounds very desperate to me. Hey, man, it's uh, not not to twist the knife at the start, but it's it's Mets life. They kind of are desperate. Yeah. If you have and, to tell and, your fan base you've been working really hard, I don't. He just didn't need to say that because I like Pete Alonso. It's just like, come on, dude, that's so lame. Yeah, man, they're uh, they're rallying the troops. They they had a rally cry in in the clubhouse. Everyone thought. There's all these they were going to send Edwin Diaz out rumors. They end up sending Vargas out, but they bring in Stroman. And they're, uh, I, I mean, they are trying to rally themselves. And it's so far, it's working. And I, I'll tell you oh, what, the, the Mets, results are off. If the Mets do make some sort of miraculous run, the miraculous Mets, and they end up as the last wild card team and lose in that first game, actually throw DeGrom out there. Um, oh, dude, if they make the wild card game, they have. Like I'll, 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 they have a lot of chances to do really well. Like Degrom, and then Degrom, Syndergaard, Stroman. We, they, they're dangerous, but they have a lot to do, Jake. They're, yeah, they, 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 they have, have so much to do, and that's why they're talking like this, Jim. They they're to trying to talk themselves through it. <laughs> they have to jump um, four teams. Yeah, and hey, but four games out, and I mean, two of two of those teams are in their division, and as Pete, handsome Pete, was talking about, they're going to have to play those teams at home. Two more weeks on the road. Uh, so I don't know, man. I, I get it. It is hokey. As long as they're winning, it, it looks great. And right now, if you're a Mets fan, you're like, we are rallying right now. The, these last two months, we're going. So good for the Mets, babe. They got a nice schedule coming up. I think we talked about this last episode. The Mets have Pittsburgh with all their suspensions and drama and just turmoil. Then... Four games versus Miami. Miami's not good, but they've been pesky lately. 
And then the Nationals yeah. is a big series. So Pittsburgh's been the worst team in the NL for the last ten. They're one and nine. Yeah, we would talk about them coming up. I, we'll save oh, it yeah. for the who got mad section and all that. But what, yeah, what else did we like in the NL? Uh, the Cubs, man. The Cubs are in a bad place. They keep losing. Isn't that <laughs> Jim? You phrased that perfectly for what I wanted to say. How about we give the Cardinals some more love? The Cardinals won that series, but we do naturally want to say like Cubs are blowing it. That's you know what I I don't want to be like whatever the term would be like dismissive of the Cardinals, which I just kind of was accidentally. I just need to know more about this Cardinals team. I'm gonna take it up upon myself to like dive through after this episode, dive through this Cardinals team and find some guys to love. If I have Cardinals fans, give me some guys to love. Cause, and I know this makes Cardinals fans upset right now. Yachty turns me away from your team. Like, I don't right. like Yachty and how he presents himself and talks. And I don't like how much your fan base likes Yachty and will now like hate me for saying this. So give me right. some players. I like Goldie. I like the way he goes about himself. I like all that. Give me some guys that I can I can dig into and love on the Cardinals because I want to. I I want to stop being dismissive of them. Yeah, I uh, I, I caught a little bit of their game on uh, Cub Cubs Cubs cards on ESPN the other day. Again, told you I won't watch all the games, but I'll catch some folks. Um, and yeah, you're right. Goldie's fun. Um, Paul Paul DeYoung, our guy. Um, I was surprised to hear that they traded away. Uh, What's his name? I'm blanking on it. He's got another tough name for me to say. I don't know. Um, they trade away that infielder to the Cardinals or to the Dodgers. But, uh, yeah, C- Cardinals fans, reach out. We want to love you. Jack yeah. Flaherty? What else? Jack Flaherty, human pickoff machine. <laughs> mm. They have him run the bases. He made, like, two, two game-ending outs on the base paths because the it's National League's ridiculous. Anyway, right. uh yeah, man, the Mets are 14 and 16 in their last 30, 3 and 7 in their last 10, and they they're going to Milwaukee now who's, you know, if they lose this series to Milwaukee, can that can that dive them even further down? Like how big is how big is this? What's their what's Milwaukee? Let me check it out. Milwaukee's two games back, one game behind the Cubs. So if the Cubs lose to Milwaukee, lose 2 out of 3, then the Cubs are now in third place in the division. Yeah, and something the the Cubs have to be careful of is that is is this being a thing because they do kind of have more eyes on them. Joe Madden's contract is up at the end of the season. That was something that people talked about a lot coming into the year. So if the Cubs end up in third place, even if it's two or three games back, people are going to start talking and that's going to become a thing and like the pressure is going to come on the Cubbies. So I I think it is a uh not to be rude to the Cardinals and the Brewers, but it's a little more important for the Cubs to stay up there because if they don't, people are going to get loud. Yep. All right. Next up, let me know what happened in the AL, Jake. Very interested. Very curious. Need to know. This is your AL report by Jake Storielli. Jim, your New York Yankees, they split two with the Diamondbacks. We mentioned that briefly as they prepare for a four-game set coming up against Boston with a doubleheader on Saturday. Speaking of Boston, Jim, they get swept by the Rays at Fenway. Uh-huh. Tough time for the Sox pen. Well, we knew that. Good for the Rays. They keep trucking on. They made a move at the deadline. We'll get there. The Jays were sellers at the deadline, but they sweep Lords Royals 
in Kansas City, and Jim, you'll see it on my notes here, Vlad equals good. He's a beast. Orioles, they split two with the Padres in San Diego in the Machado Bowl. In your AL Central, the Twinkies went down to South Beach to take two out of three. Jim, you mentioned this. They traded for Sam Dyson, and he blew the third game to blow the sweep for them. Three in the ninth, they lose in 12 innings to the Miami Marlins. Cleveland, they lose two out of three to the Strohs behind Verlander and Cole. Those words haven't haunted me all season. Good for you, Houston. White Sox, they get swept by your underdog chasing the pack. Mets, we talked about them. And Los Tigres, take two out of three in Anaheim. Get your hashtag free Mike Trout tweets ready. And in the West, you know the Angels blew it. You know the Strohs beat Cleveland. Jim, we had a great series in the Yay area, the Jeff Krause Bowl as we call it. Three great games between Milwaukee and the A's. A three-run homer off a hater for the A's to win two out of three. They take the rubber match. And then the bottom of the AL West, Tejas versus Seattle. They split a couple high-scoring affairs at the ballpark in Arlington. You know what jumps out to my brain, and I feel bad that does, but the Angels, man. The Angels had a home series versus the Baltimore Orioles and the Detroit Tigers. Yeah. The two worst teams in the AL. The two worst yep. teams in the AL, the Angels had seven games against them, probably looking to do some good work, make up yeah. some ground. They go two and five. Yeah. Versus the Baltimore Orioles and the Detroit Tigers. They lost both series. That's not good for the Angels. And now they're about to go at, at Cleveland um, coming up. So yeah, man, they uh, they have and, a big road you, trip coming up. Yeah, th- I mean that's that's damning. You, you and I, we not to say we saw this coming, but I don't know. I mean, it, it's just how are the Angels? I mean, unless Trout goes to a world we've never seen, which by the way, Trout just lives in a world we've never seen. He just has no help. It was how are the Angels going to jump Boston, Oakland, and Tampa? And I don't think there's a formula there for it. So. Um, the, the deadline passes, they're 56 and 54, six and a half games out of that second wild card spot. And you're right. They, they just kind of blew it. If, if you take care of work against Baltimore and the White Sox, you know, we could give you a little love and say, yeah, rally behind Mike Trout and get it going. Um, but uh, again, it's just tough, tough to picture. And after this road trip, it just feels like we're going to end up saying, well, the angels are double digits out of the wild card. Have a good year. Mm-hmm. Yep. The Central still remains somewhat of a race. I mean, Cleveland had to face Houston, and there was a lot going on with trades and all that nonsense. But the Twins, uh, the Twins had a chance to sweep to make it a four-game lead, and they blow it with their new guy, like you said, Dyson. So it's, it remains three games, a lot of baseball left, two full months, guys. So that's that. That'll stay interesting. We'll see what the trade deadline does to help the Indians. I'm kind of interested to see what you have on that. But anything else you want to talk about? Uh, the, Ray, the the Red Sox. The Red Sox losing to the Rays, getting swept. These are two teams uh, in the back. Now the, Ray, now the Red Sox are 10 and a half games out, and their GM said we were too far out for us to make any moves, so we didn't do anything, not even minor moves. And... Talk about how much the Mets uh, are rallying behind 
the moves they made and putting faith in their guys. It's the opposite is happening in, in Boston. Well, Jim, and I think we we have to compare it to our Yanks a little bit because, you know, the, the Yankees didn't make a deadline move, and we were, we were kind of all on that. Like, they have to. They always do. But when you catch your breath and reset, when you're the Yankees, you're like, all right, we still want to win the division. Okay, we've got a seven-game lead on the Rays, ten and a half on the Sox. Um, all right, well, Houston's going to be a bitch, but hopefully we don't have to play them until the ALCS, and we'll do our best there. If you're a Red Sox fan, now you're ten and a half out. The Rays have three games up on you, and your team didn't go out and make that move. And it, I think for Red Sox fans, this was their first realization like, oh, this is what Yankee fans were talking about last year when they said they were going to stay under that salary cap. Um, and there were a couple cheap relievers out there, but Boston's kind of cleared out some depth in their farm system, and uh, they kind of crunched the numbers upstairs and were like, it doesn't make sense to sell out our bullpen. So this was a little bit of the trade deadline, like wake up and be like, okay, so this is it. And then the Rays come in and do that, and it's it's tough times in Boston right now, and they've got a big four-game set at Yankee Stadium coming up that, man, I mean, you know, it's so funny how quickly baseball can turn. The Yankees fans were all down last week. Oh, we lost three out of four to Boston. Here they come. Man, the Yankees could drive a stake right through their heart um, this weekend. But I will say this, the Red Sox, this Red Sox team, even though they didn't get any help and then they're not having a great season and they're trying to have games out, they get up for these games against the Yankees. So I'm not expecting them to like, I'm expecting a fight. I, I'm expecting the Yankees to have to battle to try and win here. Like I, I, but the difference is the Yankees didn't make any moves, and the message was we're going to get you know players back from injury, and we believe in this squad and all that. The Red Sox didn't make any moves, and Dombrowski said if we were better, I would have made moves, which is basically saying I don't believe in the squad enough to help yeah. it. That was kind of tough. Yeah. But it is a big four games coming up between the Yankees and the Red Sox. It could change anything. The Rays kind of helped ease my mind as a Yankee fan because, say, the Red Sox. <laughs> they're, they're doing the Yankees bidding, Jim. If the Red Sox swept the Rays or won two out of three, then the Red Sox come into town like, what, seven games back playing four games? If they sweep the Red Yankees, it's three games, and now I'm scared shitless. So thank you to Rays, and uh, I guess i got to start being scared of you. Rays made a bunch of deadline moves, and I think let's just get into that. Let's move on. Yeah, to, I, I you know. just uh, the the last thing I'd mentioned, kind of the the AL has some nice. Uh, I don't know if it's symmetry or what, what's it called when you fold a paper in half and it's the same thing. This is talking baseball, folks. But uh, the the kind of symmetry between the Yankees and Houston on top of the West and the East, and then the A's and Tampa behind them is pretty. It's it's eerily similar. Yeah, that's a good call. All right. Thanks, let's man. Go to, let's go to the major storylines, which really we're just going to do the trades right here. There's so many trades. I wrote down on our notes, Jake, all the trades that happened. You know what I was seeing on some Patreon things? I was looking around what other podcasts do. Some offer the the notes from the show. They post them on the Patreon for Patreons only. Oh, man. Is that something that we should do? Would people be interested in it? Your notes can I'm be I'm sure funny. some people would be interested. I'm scared of people seeing how my brain actually works because my notes kind of turn into a foreign language after a little bit. Maybe I'll just copy and paste this one, and I'll post yeah, it. Yeah, people like it. it, sure. Sure, okay. Anyway, so I have a bunch of the trades I wrote down, and I, yes. I put in bold the ones I think are worth talking about, and I, 
and doing this national show, I'm always just nervous that like St. Louis is going to say, hey, man, why didn't you talk about us getting Zach Ross Cup? Right. Like, well, I didn't bold that one. I didn't think it was worthwhile. Love Zach Ross Cup. <laughs> Let's see. I want to talk about trades we think will help teams make the playoffs and trades that happen that we don't. So Vargas to the Phillies was the first thing we heard. And it's interesting because Vargas is having a decent year still. He was having a really yeah. good year for a while. They got Stroman, so they, they needed to make a move because they don't have the room for yeah. all those pitchers. But they traded Vargas to the Phillies, who were right there in the hunt. Like, Vargas is going to face the Mets. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And it's uh, it's it's interesting, man, because Vargas has kind of been part of the, like, fire of this Mets team a little bit, uh, kind of in a bad way. But he, he got it going. And, Jim, I, I think the bigger thing is, I mean, coming into this season, Vargas was – I, Mets fans were killing Vargas. <laughs> they uh, his 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 general look wasn't helping him, but also his pitching performance. So I think the fact that Vargas gave them some good innings, they got Stroman at a price they wanted, and there was interest in Vargas out there. I I think they kind of gave a cut and run. If you're a FIP person, field fielding independent pitching, his FIP is four seven, which isn't far off from where he was last year with a five seven seven ERA. And he's got a team option for next year, which has a $2 million, um, a $2 million buyout. So the Mets said, hey, you'll give us anything back. He's a minor league catcher who can't hit much. I know Mets fans were ripping on that. He's got some good defensive stats, but the fact that they kind of got off Vargas when they could. If you told Mets fans they could get something and get off Vargas at the start of the season, they all would have shook your hand at, and, and thanked you. So... Um, I, I'm kind of all right with it. You are right, though. If the Mets do kind of play their way back in this thing, a good Phillies-Mets with Vargas on the bump? Ah, yup. They have six games against each other in August, I believe. Yeah, they have six games at the end of August, beginning of September. The Mets and Phillies play six games. And they're, I mean, it, it could be fun. It could be meaningless at that point because right now Philly's in the second wild card and the Mets are acting like they're going to chase them and be there. So if the Mets stay on this magic run, maybe San Francisco gave all their magic to the Mets, then those six games could be interesting. You've got Vargas going. Now, here's the thing. Uh, the Mets pitching is phenomenal now. Stroman, DeGrom, Syndergaard, Wheeler, Matt's even had a good outing recently. So there is no room for Vargas. I just interest it's just curious to me or kind of like hmm that they traded him to a division rival who's in the race with them. And I wonder cuz the return, they got a return Jake, but it wasn't outstanding. I wonder how much you'd rather like how much they rather would have just looked outside their own race to like, you know, the AL or something. I'm rooting for Vargas to have a revenge game versus the Mets. Also, Vargas oh, has vice a, versa. I think I'm rooting Mets versus Vargas. What? I don't know. I don't care who wins the battle. I'm rooting for Vargas to start two games versus the Mets. Like I hope he falls. Oh, absolutely. In line. I yeah. was going to say. I think we preemptively put that in. Who got mad when that series is coming up? Uh, I, I think someone's going to get mad. And I have an interesting. I, I look at game logs different than a lot of people. I think because Vargas's sure. ERA on the year is four, right? Right. I like to look at. How many times did he allow four runs to the other team? 
Sure. Because that 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 puts you in a hole. Even that actually Keeps actually you in mo- a game. What's that? If if you're not doing that, your team will always have a chance. Yes, if it's less than four runs, your team always has a chance. So he started the season off terrible. His second and third start of the year were like no one innings, four runs, one out, four runs. Since then, okay, Jake, he, he's only allowed more than three runs once. And so even yeah. with those first two, three times. So he might not be giving you the, the length you want, and he might and he might not be doing it the way you want him to do it. But he's giving his team a chance to win every time he starts. He's giving them around five innings, three or less, which yeah, that's not a good ERA. But I think that gives you a chance to win the game. So well, interesting. Anyway, the Mets. I'm not like I don't think it's a bad move by the Mets. But that was no. one trade done. Yeah, talked about it. Jordan Lyles to the Brewers. You think you want to talk about that? Pass. The Rangers traded Chris Martin to the Braves. Let's talk about the Braves for a second. The Braves get Chris yeah. Martin, a relief pitcher from the Rangers. That's good for them. And then they get Shane Green, who will become their closer. The reporters asked Shane Green, uh, what's your role going to be? And he said, oh, you're going to see me in the ninth. Shane like Green. That. I think Shane Green grew up a Braves fan. He's got some swagger. I saw some Braves fans just like, we got a closer. We finally got a closer. So they're, they're excited. So this is a good move by the Braves. I like these moves. Yeah, and they've Luke Jackson has saved the majority of their games. He's got 17 saves on the season, and I know Minter was before he went on the uh, – he got sent down. Uh, so I, I know they were looking for him to step up a little bit. So, yeah, I think Green, uh, Shane Green will get the, the first hack at it, and he, Shane Green's been really solid as a closer for a little while now. So, um, again, if that can add to their bullpen depth, which they added to their bullpen depth, Outside of that, you mentioned Chris Martin, hashtag Coldplay, um, and his story's awesome. He went to Asia, figured it out. I think he he uh, he's one of those baseball stories that he did a job outside of baseball, so everyone harps on that. And I'm pretty sure it was literally at an electronics store, and he would put the stuff on the higher shelves. Like, that was his main <laughs> task because he was taller. Never um, been there. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, uh well, that one time you and I got on each other's shoulders for a while. Good Good leg workout. But, um, Jim, they also had to added Hunter Strickland, which um, I know when we did the trade deadline of, a few times back, you talked about how that, that 2016 Cubs team, before they traded for Araldis Chapman, they just traded for a bunch of relievers to try to see if they could get anything to work. I mean, if you're the Atlanta Braves, and going back to the whole mentality thing you talked about where – you know, Boston kind of got let off to dry, let out to dry a little bit. If you're the Braves, you got Shane Green, who you can believe in, and then you got two other arms. Who Chris Martin? He's got some some uh, advanced stats that look really good. And Hunter Strickland's a guy that's been around while twirling the pill. So you add to that bullpen depth, and that team is so strong that they're they're saying, "All right, let's go." They also got Elias. Yeah, right. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I'm not familiar. Oh, Strick. Yeah, Strickland. Strickland was the Nats. I was mixing my AL East teams because they were they were the yeah, two okay, teams okay. that were confused. They were the two. They were the two teams that were doing normal things at the deadline. That's yeah. why I'm combining them. Sh- Shane Green has uh, made 38 outings. Jake. Yeah. He's allowed a run in four of them. So 34 scoreless outings for Shane Green on the season. He's playing on a terrible Tigers team. So good yeah. for Shane Green. Gets out of Detroit. Good for the Braves. I think that's a good move. Have you ever seen Luke Jackson, the guy who was closing for the Braves? Uh, yeah. 
never seen a guy have less of a closer look be a closer. I think I did a breakdown when he was on the mound once, and I was like, this guy's their closer? Closers usually have a look, Jake. Like, they figured out, like, what their identity is with their facial hair, or they're just, like, their posture. Like, Chapman comes out, and he's just, like, this, like, stiff, like, angry dude. I mean, you got Kimbrell with his weird-ass thing. There's usually, like, something about him that's like, oh, that guy... He's full he of is like the closer. He has too much confidence in himself. And Luke Jackson, it was like this guy looks like he just got called up. So yeah, that might be part of the reason they had to knock him down to setup role. Yeah, that's I'm not fair. sure. As <laughs> so, like you were saying, the Nationals they got uh, Elias and Strickland to help with their bullpen. I don't think this is as big as what the Braves did, but it could, who knows? It, it all could help. Yeah, I mean it's it's getting arms and it's the. I mean, exactly exactly what I was just saying. Like, if you're those teams, the GM can walk into the clubhouse and be like, all right, you guys said there were some questions about the bullpen. Here's a couple guys. Let's go out and win. Um, so uh, don't hate the moves. Strickland's oh, Melanth- been hurt. Melanson went to Atlanta. That, that was the third reliever that I forgot. Melanson and Shane Green, two Yankees farmhands going to the Braves to help them out. Yeah. Well, back now. Melanson's been around for a while, but yes. Uh, Strickland's been hurt all season. So yeah, he made three outings in uh, March. He came back, pitched one inning in July. Tw- one, one inning, July twenty eighth. Now he's now he's traded. So taking kinda, a flyer on him. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind it. Let's see what else did I have here? That's big one. The Cubs get Nick Ca- Castellanos. Castellanos, Jim, and that's um that that might be one we circle later on because the the Cubs were. They needed someone against lefties. I think they were having some struggles against lefties this year. And Castellanos, uh, Maul's lefty. He he was former big time prospect. He he took a little while, but he was he's been starting to put it together. Um, whereas I just had his lefty righty splits. Jim uh, home and away two eighty four on the road. That's people can use that. Oh, versus lefties this year. Castellanos three forty seven with a four fifteen on base and a one dot. 026 OPS. Uh, so he uh, against lefties, he will be in the middle of that Cubs lineup, and they're they're looking for that. Yeah, and he he played his first game, I believe, and he goes straight into right field and the two hole. Good Not for him. Bad. Who so who got so Hap was in center field before that. So is that who's I mean, getting the still, bump here? They still mix everyone around in Chicago. Yeah, but that's who's gonna. That's who Ian Happ's gonna get a lot of time off now. I mean, he wasn't really doing much anyway. He had played six games, so he'd just get called up. So, yeah. all right, cool. Castellanos gets out of Detroit, so I'm happy for him. Yeah, Detroit sold. Good, good job, Detroit. Yeah, there you get some back. Tiger should be some someone happy. Uh, any more little ones before we get to these big ones? Mike Leak gets moved to Arizona, which is odd because this was kind of we went on YouTube and did live reaction and stuff. And I was saying this deadline felt more like winter meetings because teams were trading for next year just as much they were trading for the end of this year. Like yeah. the Reds getting Bauer and we'll get to that. That helps them next year. The 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 uh, Mets getting Stroman. These the Reds and like they can act like they're going to make a magical run, but it's not guaranteed. So really, what the extra benefit is? Oh, we get them for next year too. You don't usually see that at the deadline. Usually, it's you know what can help me right now, and then in the right. off season, let's go get next year. 
And Mike Leake's the same thing. He's got years of control, and Arizona's like, well, we need someone to eat innings because we just got rid of Granky, and we have a leak for next year too during this, you know, Granky's gone. So it was, that was interesting to me that this deadline, there was teams making moves for next year, like more than the end of this season. Doesn't usually happen. Yeah. Yeah, and Jim, I I, I want to hit a I'll hit a couple small ones quick before we we get to the big two that are out there. Um, Dickerson to Philly, that's a guy that's a former All Star. I mean, if if they can get him right and hitting a little bit, sure. Um, in that ballpark, may, maybe they can get some some good at bats out of him. Leak to Arizona, I think Jim, that makes a little more sense when we talk about the trade that's upcoming up because <laughs> they needed someone to throw innings for them. Uh, so we'll get there. And uh, Jim, the the other one, uh, the Jake Feria for Jesus Aguilar trade. That's a really fun one. Feria used to be a big time starting pitching prospect. He got hurt. The Rays ended up putting him in the pin, and his stuff played up in the bullpen. So it'll be interesting if Milwaukee probably keeps him there. But I wonder if they try to make him a starting pitcher in the future and try to kind of get him back to where he was. And Jesus Aguilar, I mean, he was a guy that was a popular name at last year's All Star game. He was in the home run derby. Um, he had a terrible start to this season, but he had a decent July. And uh, the Rays, they needed a more stable bat. So if he can be right for them, that, that could be a huge grab um, for them. And the, the other little one, I'll just say quick, Tanner Rourke to Oakland. Um, they picked up a couple arms, which, hey, you can never have enough arms. And, hey, how about Scooter Jeanette going to the Bay Area? He's had a rough season, but if he could get a little bit of that Giants magic, you know Scooter Jeanette's a guy who get get hot quick. They got Scooter Jeanette for nothing because he's been injured. He came back from injury. He's got 70 at-bats, and they've been brutal. But, I mean, that's not indicative of who Scooter Jeanette is. We, you should more focus on that. I want to talk about Jesus Aguilar because you saying he had a, had a good July. The numbers are very, very deceptive. I was shocked at how yeah. bad Jesus Aguilar has been this season, Jake. And when you say he had a good July, he had a good five games in the middle of July that – make up the entire month because surrounding those five games he's hitting 143 with a 433 OPS those five games make the entire month look good it's not a good month uh I was shocked at how bad he is because he had two seasons really really good seasons I was like oh shit should I be worried about this as a Yankee fan I mean he's 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 having a bad year yeah, and it's uh, I mean, we'll see if baseball kicks in because sometimes it's just a change of scenery for a guy. I mean, he's he's still very much a threat, but yeah, he is uh, he is not having a good season. His first game with the Rays, pretty good. He had two hits, two RBIs. So uh, maybe you know, new life. Maybe they just need to keep moving him around all the time because you know he got a second chance with the Brewers when he went off for the first time. In his first at bat versus Kashner, as the Ray got walked, and his next one popped out. Then he had a single, then a walk, then a single. So good for him. Yeah, and I think Jim, I'm I'm gonna hype him up a little bit because his year hasn't been good. Um, I mean, two thirty one, three thirty on base, a seven oh seven OPS. That's obviously not Jesus Aguilar, but you could chalk that up as a a bad kind of chunk of the season. The Rays got him. The dude finished sixteenth in the MVP voting last year. So I uh. I don't know. A couple good games if he could get his year back on track. It, yeah, the, the I, I skills know. there. But uh, yeah, the the OPS just went up with the two game two at bats in his latest game because when they traded for him it was six ninety four. I don't know. Just like I still thought of him as 
the 800 OPS dude who hits a lot of home runs. He's got eight home runs on the year and uh, OPS under seven when they traded for him. I was shocked. Yeah, I, I don't know. Baseball, yeah. Susan. All right, the big trade is the Bauer trade. It's a three-way trade. Yeah, that, well, that's the bigger one. Well, the do Bauer first because it's so interesting. The Reds trade prospect Taylor Trammell to San Diego. And they trade two other guys, Scott Moss and Yasiel Puig, to Cleveland. Yeah. San Diego gets Taylor Trammell, and they trade away Fran Mil Reyes, who's been playing the outfield for them, Logan Allen, pitching prospect who's been up a little bit, and Victor Nova, I think, prospect, to the Indians. And the Indians trade away Bauer. That's all the Indians trade away is Bauer. So, yeah. the, so the Indians get outfield help immediately. They get Fran Reyes, who's having a good year, and Yasiel Puig, who's a rental. So that would let you know this is a move for today, for this year, Puig. Puig can get really hot at times. He's not, you know, we thought he might be one of the best in the game when he was 19 and going crazy. But he is a solid at what he does. Like, he is a professional ball player that he can, he can certainly be pitched to. But He's I, a threat. He can be a threat at times, and he can get really hot, and he's a lightning rod. And uh, Fran Reyes is having a good season for the Padres. So basically, here's, here's my interpretation of what these teams did or are trying to do. Cleveland, Bauer's going to make around $20 million in arbitration next year. So they were going to trade him at the, at the offseason anyway because they don't want to pay that because they don't pay a lot of guys. So they're like, well, let's get rid of Bauer. People are trying to say it's because he threw the ball over the fence. I don't think that had any bearing on this at all, uh, at all. I think they were doing this no matter what. But and and oh, I should also say on this very show, I I said like, there's no way this happened. So I've never yeah. been more wrong. Very, I was wrong about so much. Kind of Thank a weird you. deadline, but egg on my face, all over it, rubbed in and smushed oh my around. God. Yeah, gross. Look like uh, we're bread and chicken on your face. So they get rid of Bauer. They have um, who just came back. Salazar's coming back. They have Bieber and they have Clevenger. I don't think Kluber's coming back and being healthy for them, but they have enough pitching. They think they needed outfield help. They get outfield help. They're trying to chase the twins still, but they didn't want to pay Bauer. San Diego. Yeah. San Diego's still in rebuild mode. Like they're not going to win this year. They're probably not going to win next year. And they trade Fran Mil Reyes, who's good right now. They trade him away, but they get Taylor Trammell, who they think they like his future as an outfielder better than Fran Moraes for the next two years uh, to Cleveland. I think, and then they they did some other ancillary pieces, but I think that's the main move. They basically got a yeah. younger, better outfielder prospect. Yeah, and we uh, uh, there's there's some good ALNL action there because uh, Jimmy Fran Reyes. I uh I, I went to a Rockies Padres game last year. had had some decent seats. Went by myself, whatever. And I was Done behind that. the pod behind the Padres dugout. Fran Mil Reyes is huge. He's he's listed at six five two seventy five, and I I know you know this. the The first time you and I saw Aaron Judge in person, like close to him. He was near Giancarlo Stanton, and he made Giancarlo Stanton look small. Not, a, not Fran- enough people realize that, that Judge Dwarf Stanton. And, like, that's, that's not like a macho, like, yo, Judge makes Stanton look small. Like, no, like, Judge is just, like, thick and filled out. 
Fran Mill Reyes is the same way, dude. I saw him and I was like, oh my God, if this dude can run into enough baseballs, he's going to mash. And Jimmy, he ha- he has 27 homers this year um, in 100 games playing playing for the Padres, So, in, which is one of the, I don't know, least hitter-friendly parks. So Fran Mill Reyes, and he's not a good outfielder, but they can DH him in Cleveland. And Jim, if he can DH and he could get used to that life. Fran Milrez is a guy you're going to see as like the AL's all-star at DH uh, for potentially a lot of years coming up. I, I love him, so they get him for Bauer. Um, they get Logan Allen, who he was, he was a top 100 pitching prospect. Uh, really good minor league numbers, a 3.08 minor league ERA or something like that, more than a strikeout per inning. So Cincinnati, or excuse me, Cleveland gets a pretty good haul for Bauer while, while they still get to compete, man. Uh, like you said, Puig's going to go into that outfield and do Puig things. Um, I think some of what you said before, and this might shock some people because I love Puig. I did a, swexy, a sexy Puig thing on my Twitter timeline, at Talking Jake, if you like sexy Puig. Puig's a little overrated. Like, he's, he's having a bad year. Um, and, and his stats won't, won't impress you to the point that you think Yasiel Puig would. But he's a threat at bat, he's a threat in the outfield, and he's going to bring that team instant energy. So with Fran Mill and Puig, and they can throw those guys in the lineup and roll with it, that's good for them. San Diego, Taylor Trammell, you mentioned him, Jam. He was, by baseball prospectus, the number 11 prospect heading into the season. Real athlete, crazy stolen base numbers. Uh, 6'2", 215. I think when he fills into that body a little more, they expect some more power than what his minor league numbers have gone. Um, this is kind of a fun trade all around. People are really happy with uh, Cleveland because they still get some talent and they weren't going to be able to keep Bauer at a certain point. Um, the wild card is Cincinnati, who gets Trevor Bauer. But you're right, it's like a move for next year. Like Cincinnati is putting all their chips on the table for 2020, which... We don't see teams doing that anymore, but I, I think we like it. Well, their pitching staff's going to be really good for next year. Yeah. Castillo, ba- Gray, Bauer. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Taylor Trammell, a lot of people are saying, like, he's fallen off because his double-A numbers are really bad. Um, yeah. No one cares. I mean, he's 21 years old, and the, all the talent's there, so bank on it. And the Padres are not in win-right-now mode, so they're like – trading for the next couple years. Yeah, and that's that was funny with all the Cindergard rumors because they have a ton of pitching prospects, but it's it's when are those guys going to be really ready to do it. Um, well, well, they're they're going to be a fun team to watch this offseason, but yeah, man, I, uh, a really fun three-way trade. Um, it was kind of – it was so shocking when after the Stroman trade goes to the Mets, Bauer goes to Cincy. Everyone's sitting there like – what? I know my <laughs> this, initial treat was like, this, what the fuck is this? It, it makes sense now. You can try and get everyone's mindset and you can figure it out. But it, it's so different. It's just, I would yeah. just not, we're not used to this at the deadline. Then the, the other big one is Zach Granke goes to Houston. At the deadline. At the deadline. Granke pitched that day. He goes to Houston. Jake and I, our reaction has gone a little viral in the baseball world because we were fucking blown away because I think it's a nuke. If Granke pitches well, in the postseason, Houston is a fucking force with their staff, Cole, Verlander, Granke. Not only do they get Granke for this season, they get Granke for two more seasons. Uh, yeah. Four prospects go to the Diamondbacks. I'm not sure if they're good or not. I don't know if you just want to do like a good, not good, good, not good, Jake. 
Uh, I don't want to get into all of them. One of them's got a cool name, Seth Beer, which is... Yeah. Uh, and he's the best prospect involved, Jim. He's the number three in their system. Uh, big, big power, power potential. I think he's a Clemson boy. Um, but uh, Seth Beer, uh, left field, first base type, big guy, big power potential. Um, you might see him in Jordan Alvarez. Or no, you... Houston fans were excited to see him and Jordan Alvarez coming up. He goes to the desert, and I think the package, it was it was Houston's three, four, and fifth best prospects along with, like, number 22 or something. Um, so I, they get a good return. Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, Jim, I've, I, I've been honest talking about my fears of Verlander and Cole on this show. And they add Grinky, man. I mean, those guys, <laughs> those guys can end a series really quick. They in Vegas, Houston jumps up to the favorites to win the AL. Um, if and, you're, yeah, if think, you're a Houston fan, be so happy with what your what your management just did for you. Be so happy. Yeah. Two and, more years. And honestly, Jim, not for nothing. I'm I'm sure Diamondback fans were getting excited and talking themselves into the NL wild card. We'll see how everything plays out. We'll see if the magical Mets make a run. But Jim, in a couple years, when uh, JB Bukowskis, Corbin Mar Martin, I think, and Seth Beer are doing good things for the Diamondbacks, and the Mets didn't make the playoffs this year, and Marcus Stroman's out of town. That's when you look back at trades and you say, oh, that's why they did that. And also, not for nothing, Zach Grinke gets paid. He gets deserved to get paid, but he makes 32 mil. So the Diamondbacks open up some cap, they bring in some prospects, and they it's not like they're going to do anything against the Dodgers right now. So build it up, Arizona. I'm I, good, good for them. All right. All right. That ends the major storylines. This is a longer episode than usual, but let's get into the fun stuff, the segments. Let's, let's recap what happened. Yeah, I'm going on some show in like an hour, so let's get going. Damn. You want to give your standout performance, Jim? Yeah, I do. I nice. very much do. That worked out. Wow, perfect. My standout performance <laughs> is Noah Syndergaard. Yeah. And uh, there's a couple layers to why. One, it was a very impressive outing. 7.1 innings pitch, so gets into the eighth inning. Five hits. Uh, zero earned runs. There's one uh, run uh, scored on uh, error by third baseman. One walk, 11 strikeouts. Dude, I don't know if you've seen any highlights from this game. His stuff was electric. 11 yeah. Ks. It looked so good. White Sox had no chance. This was on trade deadline day, and he was a big name being floated around. Very easy for Syndergaard to be like, I had some other shit on my mind. Yeah. But he steps on the mound and just like does what he does. I've been, I've been, I've, I've busted Syndergaard's balls a couple times in the past about other things. But like, dude, when yeah. he when he pitches well, it, it go watch the if you haven't seen the highlights from this game, go watch the way his ball is moving. I mean, it's just electric. The fastball is electric. The ch he threw like a ninety-three mile per changeup for a strikeout at one point. It's crazy, and the yeah. slider was just nuts. His slider in the eighth inning to sit down. Oh, I forget who it was. Was it Tim Anderson? No, it was, a, it was a lefty. I forget who it was, but it was so impressive for like his ninety-seventh pitch. Just a nasty slider. Uh, but I think the moment of the day, and is he going to be traded? Does he know? Does he not know? And then to, to go on the mound and get into the eighth inning with no one runs, very impressive. Yeah, that's uh, 
that's a good one, Jim. And you're right, dude. When his when his fastball is right, it doesn't look real. It it looks like a 98 mile per hour lefty slider. Yeah, <laughs> like it it moves that much. Um, and yeah, he he kind of wasn't having a great season. And man, you wonder. We we talked out about our hashtag Mets motivational quotes. Um, but man, if if that gets him going and Degrom has been dominant, I I almost gave Degrom my performance of the week again because he threw a great start. Um, him and Giolito had a pitcher. No, no, was it him and Giolito? Uh, on the socks. Yeah, yeah, Giolito and Degrom had a nice pitcher's duel. Yeah, and uh, if Stroman gets it going and Mats, and I mean they're uh the the, the motivational Mets baby. So yeah, Cindergard Cindergard's fun. I hope he has a huge second half. Um, and yeah, I know, uh, his, his social media can be kind of tough at times. Feels like a lot of agent involvement in his social media. I think he has a PR team run it. I think that's like yeah. something we know now. Yeah. And I think he stopped. Um, it was like, or during the off season, it was like, dude, this is brutal. You're not a human. Anyway, what's your standout performance? Jim, I'm i I'm going with Matt. Ooh, Matt. I'm taking Matt. Matt. Matt Olson Chapman. Olson Chapman. Um, Matt Olson Chapman. Jim, I, I was going to give it to Matt Chapman because in the rubber match in the best series of baseball from this week, the A's versus the Brewers, um, the rubber match, game three, Josh Hader is in with the lead and the bottom of the eighth, which normally means game over. Matt Chapman takes him yard two run Yabo to basically win the series. So I was giving it to him and I was like, you know what, Jim? Matt Olson won the first game on a walk-off off Josh Hader. So if, I, if I'm going to give it to a Matt, I'm giving it to both my Matts. And, Jimmy, I, I guess maybe we'll get to uh, another Oakland elevator talk at some point. Stay tuned for the end of the, set, end of the show. Um, Jim, if people are wondering why Oakland is good, start with these two dudes. The Matts are awesome. They're 25 and 26. Matt Olson got a late start to the season. He missed like the first month. He's been raking. They're 25 and 26 years old. They each have a gold glove. One of them, Matt Chapman, has a platinum glove. They're both going to hit 30 homers this season. And I, I think it's so funny, Jim. There's all these like all these old baseball frays that are kind of going away with analytics. And it's like, hey, if you want to build a good baseball team, you want to be strong up the middle. Catcher, shortstop, second on the mound in center field, and then there's kind of the other old-school way that's like you got your powers on the corner, first base, third base. That's where you want your power, guys. <laughs> A's kind of have a little bit of that identity going on, and I just think if, you, if you're if you not into Matt Olson and Matt Chapman, get into them because they're, they're killing it. All right. The Mats. The Mats. All right, everyone's second favorite se- segment. <laughs> Slump watch. All right, we got we got some updates for the people currently on Slump Watch. Let's see who worked them way that worked their way off. Who's off? Zimmerman, Jake. He 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 goes five innings pitched, two earned runs, and his team wins the game. He's off. Get him out of here, Zimmerman. It was a long stretch. You had like four bad outings in a row. Chris Davis on the Baltimore Orioles. This is interesting. He goes one for six, four Ks. The one hit was a home run. One for six with a home run. Is he on or off? Jim, for most players, I'd say he's on. But for Chris Davis, he's off. He's asked to try to hit home runs. He got one. 
Okay, off. The other Chris Davis in Oakland. He goes five for 12 with a homer and a double. Chris Davis. You are off slump watch. Congratulations. Aaron Judge, our guy, the giant in pinstripes. Only two games. One for five with a single and a walk. That did come in games two, but he has four games against the Red Sox, Jake. I'm leaving Judge on. Okay, yeah, earn your keep. Earn Earn your your keep. keep. Greg Allen, you put on here last week. He goes one for three, but it was off Verlander, so we got a hit off Verlander, so that's off. When you're Greg Allen and you get a hit off Verlander? If you get a hit off Verlander and you're on slump watch, that's an automatic off. James Paxton is still there. He has not pitched. We'll see soon. Pitch. Uh, Jim, the, your Cubs bullpen. This is so interesting, Jake. The Cubs bullpen in games one, two innings pitch, zero earned runs. In games two, two innings pitch, zero earned runs. In game three versus the Cardinals, three innings pitched, three earned runs, and two inherited runners. So five runs score, four pitchers used, three of them gave up runs. Five hits. They're on, dude. They're still on slump watch. Yeah, I, I wanted to take them off for those clean first two, but no, they stay. Yeah, if I'm putting the notes onto Patreon, I got to stop deleting as we go, but then I'm scared yeah. I don't know how to update it anymore. Anyway. You're right. All right, Merrill Kelly. I'm adding him. Your guy. He now, the same thing that, the same way Zimmerman got put on a while ago, two outings yeah. in a row with seven earned runs. He had yep. a 377 ERA on the season. And now he has a four-five-two. So Merrill yeah. Kelly, Merrill Kelly, pitcher, weird name. Kelly Merrill makes more Fun sense name. to me. Diamondbacks, by the way, if you're if you're not a big Merrill Kelly fan. Yeah, Diamondbacks pitcher, new teammates with Mike Leak. Had to says goodbye to Granky. He's on slump watch, and it, it, you know one get out and gets him off. But seven hundred runs in two games in a row—that's bad. Come on, I'm Merrill. also. I'm also putting Purcello on there, dude. Have you seen how bad Purcello has been this month? Yeah, Jim, I think this is funny, and this 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 might actually genuinely endear ourselves to Red Sox fan, or that could be facetious, but I threw Kashner on there because Kashner's 23.1 innings pitch, 7.33 ERA since joining the Sox. Um, but he's and I bad. Thought it was funny. He's bad. I thought, well, it's he he was solid before coming over, Jim. We talked about that, so I, I've got him on slump watch. He's not 7.33 bad. Um, and I thought it was funny that you had – we have some stats on here and some different things that we'll share with the, the Patreons now. Um, you had Rick Porcello so bad this month was your stats. Have, dude, listen to Rick Porcello's game log because I'm making a video on him because he punched TVs. We'll get to that and who got mad. Right. I'm just going to do the earned runs in his last seven games. Are you ready? Ready. Five earned runs. Six earned runs. Six earned runs. Four earned runs, six earned runs, three earned runs, six earned runs. I mean, that yeah. is, oh my God. Yeah. He's a 9.35 ERA in his last uh, seven games started. It's not good. It's brutal. So Priscilla's on there. You have Kashner on there. And then I put Kyle Schwarber on here, Jake. Okay. Kyle Schwarber had a big grand slam. Recently, like huge monster shot. Awesome. And I'm a big Schwarber fan. I like him. This last series, he goes 0 for 9. Big series against the Cardinals in 11 plate appearances. So an 0 for. That's always what catches my eye. So then I dug a little deeper. In his last 13 games, he's 5 for 36. 139 batting average, 205 on base percentage. So Schwarber, you know, go ask Castellanos for some tips about hitting lefties. 
he's he's another guy, man. I, I I might be the only person to lump together Kyle Schwarber and Yasiel Puig, but a couple guys that some of their earlier performances kind of shaped the way you look at them. And I mean, I, I don't know. Schwarber, Schwarber's been solid, but he's kind of never gotten to that next level that we thought he was going to be this crazy power bat at Wrigley. Nah, man. I mean, he only has one season with an OPS that starts with eight. I know you're an eight dot guy, dot eight guy. If you want to be talked about in this league, that's where you kind of got to be. Damn, damn, Daniel. Um, I I think that's it for slump watch, Jim. We'll keep we'll keep it moving because we had yep. the big trade deadline stuff. Yep. Moving Dirt on to nasties and fuego. That means on fire, baby. Like way. Who's on fire? We got we got. This is a fun and fuego list. Yeah, I threw some guys on here. Jesse Winker. Famous yeah. for famous for waving at the Mets after making a game-ending catch and then getting ejected the next day and all the Mets fans waving to him. That's a fun moment and, this season. And he had, he had another nice viral moment because a fan told him about the Bauer trade from the outfield. And they were like, who do we get? Yeah. Oh, okay, that's it. We just it. sent Puig, just one for one. I thought I was ready, ready for like a bigger reaction about Puig being gone. Yeah. Like, oh, man. You know, but there was nothing, so it was weird. Jesse Winker goes... In his three games versus Pittsburgh, seven for 12. One home run. Yeah. I don't think no doubles either, but 583 uh, batting average, one dot four seven six OPS. Uh, seven for 12 in the three games, though. My next one that I threw on here, Vladdy. Yeah, baby. Vladdy the Impaler. His last 12 games, Vlad Guerrero Jr., Blue Jays, Vlad Guerrero Sr.'s son. Yes. Last 12 games, 20 for 48 with yeah. five home runs and 21 RBIs. 21 RBIs in his last 12 games. 417 yeah. batting average, 472 on base percentage, one dot 284 OPS. Go get it, Vladdy. Yeah, and Jimmy, my uh, and and I think this is part of the reason you and I love baseball, and I think it's part of the reason some people don't like baseball. Baseball's a humbling sport. There's nothing like the jump from AAA to Major League Baseball. Vladdy Jr. was kind of struggling a little bit, Jim, on July 18th. So we're talking, what, two weeks ago, something like that? Vladdy Jr. was hitting 238 with a 317 OBP and a 704 OPS. Like, that's below league average. And, Jim, a couple weeks later, here we are, 267, 341 with a 797 OPS. I, I wouldn't be shocked if he gets a couple hits today and he is in that dot eight section you talked about. And, it, he, he, like, there's no reason to believe it's going to stop, but it just feels like the light bulb went off, he had his major league adjustment, and he's going. Yep. The next guy I got on here is Aaron Nola's brother, Austin Nola. Yeah. And the reason I have him on here is because something I like about watching guys in the NL is they always get called up to be a pinch hitter, to be a defensive replacement, and then people judge them on those at-bats when it's so right. different than what they've done their entire career. They get their four at-bats. They get into the rhythm of the game. And, like, you know, there's a reason why a guy's third at-bat versus a pitcher, he does better than his first. So – when these young guys get called up at the NL and they just defensive replacements, and this is actually the AL, but still. Yeah, it happens, he's on the Mariners. It, it happens more in the NL. But what, it's like, don't judge him on that. Wait till they let him string some starts together. So Austin Nola gets called up, and um, 
all of June, he was a defensive replacement, ninth inning guy, one at bat here, one at bat there, and his numbers weren't great. On July 14th, he started getting a chance to be the starter, and they consecutively just gave him games. And since then, since July 14th, 391 batting average, 440 on base percentage, 1.179 OPS, 391 batting average, 440 on base percentage since he's been given the chance to be the everyday starter. Got to go through the league a couple times to see how the adjustments get made, but good for Austin Nola. And Jim, we've got a couple good baseball stories in this segment. Austin Nola's 29. Uh, didn't make his MLB debut until June 16th of this year. And like you mentioned, <laughs> Baby Bro is one of the premier pitchers in the National League, Aaron Nola. So he gets the call. And Jimmy, uh, just like everything you look at, you're going to like about this guy. Uh, LSU, I mean, we just like that because we like that. But Jim, he's played all over the field so far. He's played catcher, first base, second base, third base, and left field so far only being in the major league since June 18th. So he's he's doing everything he can to stay on the field, and he got some run, and he's raking. We like that. Yep, we like that. Who do you got on here? Jim, I, I couldn't I, – I was going through the notes when we didn't have him on here. I, I thought we were going to get crucified because um, we, we got a couple tweets about this guy. Adam Duvall, Jim. Adam Duvall gets called up by your Atlanta Braves – and Jim, I said that there were some good stories here. Adam Duvall is two years removed, three years removed from being an all-star. So think about that. He was 27-year-old all-star in Cincinnati. He finishes that year with 33 homers. He comes back the next year in 2017, hits 31 homers. This guy thinks he's going to be a premier like power hitter in the major league for a while. Gets traded to the Braves, Jim. He starts struggling 205, 195 batting average in 2018. He was in the minors all to start this season. So he's a 27-year-old all-star to a 30-year-old in the minor leagues. Jim, he gets the call, and he starts raking. He has a homer in three straight games. In his six games since getting the call, he's hitting 480 with a 1.528 OPS. Um, uh, awesome baseball. Yeah. I mean, it's a humbling sport, and then you get one that one more chance, you fucking attack it. Play, playing like a dude that does not want to take the bus anymore. And Jim, this this one, it, it gets tough with the pitchers because you don't want to just throw the, the, the great pitchers on in Fuego every week. But Ryu, for the Dodgers, man. But <coughs> Jimmy, five starts in July. The Dodgers went 5-0 and oh in those starts. 32 innings pitched to a 0.55 ERA. It, yeah. it would be insulting if I didn't put him on in fuego. Him and, and, him it, and uh, German Marquez or Herman Marquez, I don't know how you say it, for Colorado. Yeah. They had a nice pitcher's duel. Both left after the sixth inning with no runs. 0-0 after six. Ryu, Ryu had like one strikeout. Yeah, he uh yeah, so, some some games the strikeout numbers aren't too crazy, but dude, he's he's having an incredible season. He's he's got a good chance to win the NL Cy Young when everyone who normally thinks the Dodgers is probably going to say Kershaw, maybe even Walker Bueller, uh Ryu, man. An incredible. 0.55 ERA in July. Yeah. It's nuts. Nuts. All right. Jeez. All right. We're moving on to who, who? got mad? Who got mad, Jim? And this is, this is a whole other big topic. Man, it's going to be a late show. Uh, I just made the executive, executive decision that we are skipping 
walk-off watch and call-up watch today. There's some names and stuff down there. So now this is a perk for Patreons. You can read those on the notes. We're not going to say them because we're running out of time. Because you know who got mad? All of the Pirates, all of the Reds, so many suspensions, huge brawl. Uh, I broke it down. went pretty viral, so that's cool. Chris Archer got just like trampled, stampeded like, uh, like Simba's dad. People kind of know my thoughts on the brawl because I, I said them in the breakdown. <laughs> what, what are yours? And then we could talk about the suspensions for a little bit. I had, I had a takeaway from this, and I, I read a bunch of Reddit threads. from I like going into the team Reddit threads to see what the team, the fans of that right. team are saying and stuff. And uh, my takeaway is I didn't realize Clint Hurdle had such a bad reputation. Go, go on. So there was like all these threads, and they were like, Pirates fans, is this like, is it true? Like, because this is the second manager that went after Hurdle this year. There's yeah. some stats out there. They have the most hit by pitches on fastballs, and it's like glaringly. I don't know. I I heard that it's like bad. And then like well, Pir- the, the thing, the thing you're referencing from earlier in the year uh, was what manager said. Like everybody knows that the Pirates are like bad guys and throws at you. It might have been Bell, but I don't forget. But uh, right. But yeah, man, I didn't realize. And someone said. Like, no, this is Clint Hurdle's culture. Like, this is how he runs the team. And and they said that he dulled down in the last couple years. I didn't know all that. I mean, I'm an AL guy and Yankees fan. It's hard to keep track of everything. So Pirates fans or Reds fans are probably like, yeah, dude. Yeah. But I I didn't realize it was that bad. So that's kind of funny. Uh, Bell, I mean, I've never seen a manager sprint out to tackle another manager and then so angrily be like, you're a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. That was, that was wild. And they're like, not to be rude, they're like old men. <laughs> like, like, think about that. I mean, they're, you know, Clint, how old do you think Clint Hurdle is? 66. Clint Hurdle is 62 years old. So, I mean, just think about a 62-year-old guy fighting. Um, oh, no, Clint anyways, Hurdle got knocked down and, like, immediately picked up. Right. Um, but still, I mean, when I'm 66, well, let's see if I'm. See if I'm above ground, but uh, Jim, I don't know. My my big takeaways from this are, um, I mean, Amir Garrett coming in with like the 300 jump punch. I mean, that was pretty wild to watch. Um, Yasiel Puig, um, just I mentioned how much I love his sex appeal before. I mean, just being a crazy person, like how I and you know normally we see a couple guys in the fight turn it up against the other team. You were all over it when he starts turning on his own teammates because they didn't give him enough support. I mean, that's wild, man. That's uh, that's like the general turning back to his guys in the battalion and being like, "Get out there and fight." <laughs> so like wild. So whenever um, whenever these things happen, and I post the breakdowns of Puig, all the anti-Puig people are always like, "Oh, the biggest hold me back so I can act tough, dude." Will Crick was the hold, or Kyle Crick was the hold me back yeah. so I can act tough. Puig had to get hold back. There's a difference yeah. between having to get held back and the hold me back so I can act tough, like fake hold me back. They legitimately need to hold yeah. Puig back. It's not an act. It's not part no. of why he's tough. They need to hold him back because he's a psycho. He spent six months as a hostage to like yeah. a drug lord. Uh, trying to escape Cuba. The dude's been through some stuff. Did you see him deck like one not one guy on his own team tried to grab him and just he just fucking pummeled no, him? Not happening. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, um, and then Puig's yelling at his teammates, and the manager, David Bell, is like, yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> Puig and Bell were the tag team team. That was pretty good. Um, the Garrett stuff, I, even when he was walking away, you had that really good, the flex on the way out. Um, I don't know, Jim. I, I'll, I'll just go broad stroke here um, just because I, I, I won't deep dive into the players. If, if you haven't and you, you don't know, uh, Jimmy did a, a pretty incredible breakdown. I I won't say it's your your Mona Lisa. It's up there. I mean, it's uh it's good. Eight minutes. Um, so. Yeah, yeah. That was that was killing me. All all the people that were like, "Hey, you should do more breakdowns this length." And it's like, well, people, what you don't know is that Jim puts about two hours of crazy vicious work into this. <laughs> um, he looks like a coder from the Social Network. Anyways, um. Jim, my my big takeaway: it's great for baseball. There was a bunch of eyes on baseball, and it was this was a real fight. Like if if we're judging baseball fights, this was like an eight and a half out of ten. Um, for me, I then afterwards I have that moment of sadness that I'm like, it sucks that this is what it takes to get a lot of eyes on baseball. Um, so I I don't know that that's kind of my big walk away. But I, end of the day, I'm I'm pretty good with everything that went down. To be honest. Yeah, every sport has fights, and they will be headline news. Right. And, like, the only way I get into the NBA is if there's a fight. Right. Or a crazy buzzer beater, which I think is similar to the way non-baseball fans get in the, M- the MLB. Yeah, it's true. So. But uh, David Bell now has the most ejections for a rookie manager ever. David Bell's in fuego. Yeah, it's funny that they clash because the Reds are very much building this culture culture of swag and fun and personality and be yourself. And I guess the Pirates are very much stuck in the like, no, 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 no. Clay Hurdle. Kella gets the most suspensions because he admitted to throwing at head, which just kind of dumb. Yeah, and baseball, that's, that's uh, again, we're, we'll probably have some. Dude, I'm all for that. that. Guys that throw at heads, is, if right. they admit it, I mean, that could really hurt someone. I know, like, some people are, you sound like a pussy. No, dude, that could really, really yeah. hurt someone. So, like, it's don't. It's 2019. It's 20, don't aim at someone's head. And if you admit to aiming at someone's head, you should get the biggest fine. Because what he, Kella does with the ball versus what Garrett was trying to do with his fist, one is way more damaging. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's, I mean, the part that sucks for me is that, that, like nobody will ever admit to throwing at someone ever again. Um, which I don't know that that kind of sucks. Cause then we're always just going to be in this cobweb area where it's like, well, I really think he did. Well, I don't know. I think it just got away from him. Um, so, I mean, that part sucks. It's also right by baseball. Cause you can't do that. Um, stop throwing at the heads. Like, let's just get that out there. Like. Seems smart. I'm, I'm for it. Yeah. Uh, all right, so some little mads. Josh Reddick got ejected. I'm trying to break down that. Like, Ump kind of he's throwing all his equipment. He's upset that the Ump didn't say he foul tipped the ball. I haven't looked at the slow mo replay. It doesn't look like he foul tipped it, and the Ump called it a strikeout. And he throws his helmet, throws his bat. As he's walking towards the dugout, he takes off his elbow guard and he throws it backwards. So it's kind of towards the Ump, but I think it's towards like his pile of equipment. And the Ump threw him out for that and was like, that's one too many things you threw. So it, it seems lame. Uh, I got to look into it. Porcello had a rough first inning. Not even a rough first. He only gave up one run to the Rays in his first inning, but he's been so bad. He broke both TVs on his way to the clubhouse after the first. Kind of funny. 
And Renteria got ejected by Angel Hernandez, who made just one of the worst calls on a low strike pitch. You'll see. Um, whatever. Angel Hernandez still being allowed to ump makes me mad. Yeah, that's yeah. that's tough. Yeah. Um, all right, Jim, I know you want to skip it. I, I Call up watch real quick. Dylan Tate for Baltimore, because I think it's good PR for the players. Former first-round pick. He's in the bullpen now. He's got some talents. Bo Bichette, son of Dante Bichette. He comes up for these Blue Jays, and that they've got a lot of fun young <laughs> ex-pro <laughs> kids on their team now with Biggio Vlad. And uh, Jim Brian Abreu gets called up for Houston as a reliever from Double A, and he's got crazy strikeout numbers, bad ERA. Yeah, so a note on Brian Abreu is they put him on the 40-man roster so they would save him from the Rule 5 pick because the Orioles hired two guys from the Astros who are really, really knew what their prospects were. So right. the, the Astros did not want their ex-employees to steal Brian Abreu from them because they knew how good he was. So they had to put him on the 40-man way earlier than they would have originally, which is kind of fun to save him from good. the Rule 5 draft. Uh, Bo Bichette, just a fantastic job by Dante and his wife uh, giving Bo a name because Bo Bichette is a fantastic... Yeah. If you know your son has a possibility to be a professional athlete and because you were, he does, great name. Right. Fantastic right. name. Dylan Tate... First round pick, fourth overall, been traded twice now, and that's not a good sign. So, but yeah. good Bo for Bichette. Dylan Tate going to be a reliever. Boba Shet also kind of sounds like Boba Fett for my Star Wars people out there. So we're done with call up watch. Done with call up watch. We did it quick, and now we are moving on to awards. awards. I'm excited for your award, Jim. You're excited for my award? Yeah, man. You know, do you know what it is? No. Mine is the Drowning in a Teacup Award. I mean, such a... I mean, there's awards. There's Lifetime's Achievement Awards. There's Emmys. There's Oscars. But the Drowning in a Teacup Award. Mm-hmm. So Who's do you know it this year? Do you know that reference, Drowning in a Teacup? It's from one of our favorite bad movies. Um, no. Oh, wow. They called me a dreamer. They said, you can't drown in a teacup. Well, you can. You just have to find a big enough teacup. It's all about dreams, Jake. And you know who nice. just got his dream come true? You know who just drowned in a teacup? Boba Shet. Christian Patterson. See, Pat. Christian Patterson. Young kid goes yeah. to a Rockies game, lights up the radar gun machine fun time, hits 96. Yeah. Did it at the Oakland A's AAA facility as well the year earlier. Then he goes to his local baseball facility, takes some videos of him throwing 96 again from a pitcher's mound. With a slider and a changeup. Posted on the flat ground app, which I think is Pitching Ninja's work. Just signed a deal with the Oakland A's. Goes from being a fan, lighting up a radar gun at a game, to now signing a deal with the Oakland A's and getting to chance to live out his dream on a minor league mound and go as far as he can. Yeah. Pretty awesome story. 
It is very cool. And I, I think it's funny when you and I went to winter meetings, we sat down with an agent for a little bit and we talked about pitching ninja the agents, Josh Kuznick. He's, we, he's we got to get, follow. we got to get him back on, on this show now. Yeah. Oh yeah. He'll, uh, pe- people will like him a lot. Um, he, uh, and he was like, dude, I can't, I don't, I have no, what I have no reason why that, um, pitch ninja hasn't been signed by either a team or an agency to get these players found because he did that with a couple guys this off season. And, uh, yeah, now we're seeing the effects of it and it's, it's pretty cool. And a couple of these stories are guys that are like, yeah, I kind of flamed out, had a bad injury, got away from it, started throwing the pill again. And I hit 96 and it's like, well, damn man. Yeah. Let's, let's get you, let's get you doing something. Uh, so that is a really cool story, Jim. Yep. So I also like that drowning in a teacup I is a euphemism for achieving your dreams. What is, is that dinner for schmucks? What is that? Yeah, dinner for schmucks. Nice. I haven't watched that in a while. I might have to throw that on. Oh, bad movie. Um, whoa, strongly disagree. Well, haven't watched it in a while, so we'll find out. Um, Jim, my first award, or my only award, is the Strowman Child Please. Yeah. Yeah. Jim, the Strowman Child Please Award is going to Jose Barrios. Um, Jim, two two pitchers, kind of slide of frame for pitchers. Barrios is listed at six feet. I don't think I'm buying it. Uh, <laughs> Jim, Barrios comes out this well, his last game this series against Miami, sure. Seven innings pitch, two hits. 11 Ks, no walks. His ERA is down to 2-8 on the season. Um, he did it in 81 pitches too, Jim. I know you like that. Um, Jimmy, this guy is having an incredible season. And he kind of, he, he came up in 2016. He was 22. He got knocked around a little bit. For the past three years now, he was solid. He kind of had two similar years, and people got worried about that. He's taken it to another level this year. Um 10 and 5, 141 innings pitched already, 133 strikeouts. He's been in all-star back-to-back years. People aren't talking about the Minnesota Twins enough. They know or, and at this point if you are talking about the Twins, you know the lineup. People got to respect Barrios. And I know Stroman got a lot of love this break. He had a really good ERA. He didn't have the strikeout numbers. My guy Barrios, man, he's twirling it. He he could have gotten mentioned at a lot of points in this show and he didn't. So he gets mentioned now. He's having a crazy year, and and man, I mean, if if people sleep on the Twins, as we saw Jim when the Yankees went out there, they can put up big runs. So if Barrios can put on a couple good games this postseason, man, I mean, they they become that much more dangerous. Yeah. All right, Barrios, congrats. What was the congrats, name of the award? Strowman, child, please. Strowman, child, please. So you think Barrios hates Strowman? Oh, yes. Oh, I know it. <laughs> Funny joke. Funny joke. Funny joke. What's Everyone's next? Everyone's favorite talk? segment? I think so, Jim. Time to spin that wheel? Oh, I do want to say, before you before we do elevator talk, if you want to get the wheel ready, um, guys, I, I mentioned we're almost at 300 reviews. We're going to give away some stickers, and, and the way we're going to do it is you need to be the first fan from your team. And maybe you could claim you got the talking baseball sticker for your team. That could be a lifelong achievement award. We talked about the drowning in a teacup. Leave a review. Be like, love my Braves. Love my Nats. Love my White Sox. Whoever it is, if you're the first one to your team, 
we're going to get you a sticker, and you can like put it in your Twitter profile, like, I am the talking baseball representative of my team. Yeah, and I still owe ticket stickers to the first 50 reviews. I have a bunch of names down. so Stickers are coming. Yeah, I got to get them made. I had them made. I think they're too big, so I got I to gotta make some more and stuff like that. Too high. Too high. All right. What do you mean too high? Here, All right, who do we got? We, here we go. Jake, we're spinning the wheel. Explain to them what it is if they do not. Elevator know. talk is if you get in an elevator with a fan of a certain team and that elevator, it's a big building. You're going to be in there for like two minutes or so. You got enough to show them that you're a baseball fan. You know their team and you can have a nice little conversation with them. And it's also a good way for us to involve some teams we might not talk about a lot during the episode. Boom. It's spinning. And spinning. we have... The, 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 we did that team a couple days ago. Okay. We have the New York Mets. Did we do them recently? I think we've done a lot of Mets this episode, though. Okay. Spinning. Final spin. The Pirates. I mean, okay, where are Ooh. the Pirates at, Jake? Yeah, I like that, Jim. Like, are, are uh, Pirates fans proud of what they're about and they're doing right now? Because I ran into some on the internet that were a little like, this kind of blows. Like, I don't want this reputation in the league. I don't know how majority of Pittsburgh feels. It seems like a town that can get behind that old school gritty mentality. But right. we'll see. They, uh, they've been losing. They're the worst team yeah. in the NL right now. They're the second worst team in the National League to the Marlins. Um, they have the second worst run differential. They're kind of setting their spot as the second worst team in the National League, which, again, Jim, going back to a couple weeks ago in the All-Star break, they were ahead of the Cincinnati Reds. They were kind of in that mismosh of, of NL Central teams. So I think what you're saying, Jim, that kind of, yeah, Clint Hurdle, this tough old-school mentality, when you start losing, that starts to wear off. Um Jim, they have a couple hitters that have been doing fun things lately. Josh Bell is obviously still having having a big year. Um, we we saw him at uh, the home run derby and all of that. He's he's going to end up with a hundred RBIs this year. And we we had a couple guys, Colin Moran, Adam Frazier. They were finding their way on Elf and and Fuego recently. Same with Kevin Newman. He's got a three twelve batting average. So you got some young hitters there to get excited about. Dude, they are three and sixteen. Since the all star break, yipes! Three and sixteen since the fucking break. That's yeah. terrible. That's yeah, ter- Marte has has batted third for like two months straight now. That's interesting. And Bell, they're three and four are good. Marte and then Bell. Boom! Lock it in. The rest they um, don't really know what's going on. They got Melky. He's bouncing around. Newman, they, they New, had, oh. Newman stole three bases in the last two games, so you can talk about that. And he stole home earlier this season. Like, hey, how about that Newman? He's stealing bases. I didn't see that and, coming. And, Jim, if you're in the elevator, A, you talk about Chris Archer getting walked all over during the fight, and that's obvious. Um, B, they, they had one of the bigger names not traded at the deadline, Felipe Vasquez, the nightmare. Um, we heard a ton of rumors about him, so I think maybe, maybe that's my getting off the elevator line. It's like, yeah, that probably would have been nice to flip Vasquez for some nice prospects, but he's good, huh? And then I'd be like, that, that would be my exit. That would be your exit. Adam Frazier yeah. has taken over the leadoff spot Yeah, from um, Newman. 
Ooh, that's that's such a good elevator. I know your team topic. You like Frazier in that leadoff spot, huh? Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, new, n- well, Frazier had the leadoff spot to start the season, okay? Right. Then he loses it, and in uh, in late May, Newman takes it over, Jake. Yeah. Then Newman has the leadoff spot for majority of June. Now Frazier's getting it back. Wow, this is great elevator talk. Who do you like, Newman Such or Frazier? Good. You like leading off? Yeah. Wow. That's good. Wow. It's not a platoon. It, it might be a platoon thing, but it they doesn't. The game logs don't make it look like a platoon. I'm off the elevator. Yeah, we're good. Basically, do you think Clint Hurdle has implemented a bad culture? Hmm. That's if I'm on an elevator with a real Pittsburgh fan. That's my question. Do you like Clint, or has he run his course? Has baseball gone yeah. away from Clint Hurdle? Jim, we mentioned it briefly. Pittsburgh traded Corey Dickerson to the Phillies. Dickerson's having a solid year: three fifteen, three seventy three OBP, nine twenty four OPS. It's in forty four games, but man, in Philadelphia Stadium. He, uh, he could do some things, especially he was traded for international bonus money and a player to be named later. So, hey. Hasn't he been traded circle. for, like, nothing twice now? Yes. Yes. And he keeps <laughs> maybe, – maybe he's like a – we might have to – if anyone knows anything about Corey Dickerson, why has a guy with a an all-star with a 9 OPS been traded pretty much for nothing twice? Dude, listen to this trade. Yeah. So in 2016, he he was traded by the Colorado Colorado Rockies to yeah. Tampa Bay Rays for two way McGee. No, that's not no no, nope. no 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 for German Herman Marquez, Herman. who's now a stud for the Rockies. Yeah. So wow, and Jake McGee, who he he does yeah. some stuff, right? Yeah, lefty reliever. So Corey Dickerson for uh, Marquez. Colorado's probably happy with that right now. So then Tampa trades Corey Dickerson to the Pirates for Tristan Gray, a minor league, and Daniel Hudson. Like that wasn't right. a lot. And now the he Pirates have traded, traded him deadline. to the Phillies for literally international bonus money and a player. Corey Dickerson gets traded. He got traded for Marquez, big, and then he's been traded twice for nothing in two years in a row. Yeah. In 2017, he got traded after being an all-star, I think because Tampa didn't think he played good enough defense. And Jim, in 2018, he won a gold glove. So, Corey Dickerson, man. If so, someone tell us something about Corey Dickerson because it doesn't add up. Doesn't add up. Doesn't add up. All right. That might be one of the longer episodes we'll have. I'm supposed to be on a show in 15 minutes. So, uh, we thank you for listening. We are, uh, the, we are currently still in the top 20 for iTunes sports podcast which is fucking incredible we thank everyone that's been uh, leaving reviews subscribing and telling other people to listen and check it out on uh, the itunes app if you listen on any other app we appreciate you too but the podcast game's weird and the itunes charts matter the most we are out of here we'll be back on monday to discuss the weekend series jake last words enjoy a good weekend of baseball how about that Bam, see ya. Talking baseball.